This podcast is brought to you by Cohen Tire. This is the Observer Reporter High School Football Podcast. What could have been this weekend at Hill Memorial Stadium in Burgettstown. Welcome to the OR Sports High School Football Preview Show, sponsored by Cohen Tire Company of Washington. I am sports editor Chris Dugan. Joining me as usual, my colleagues, Luke Campbell, Joe Toscano. We're going to talk about the next to last week of the high school football season, but let's step back a little bit and talk about last weekend because there were a lot of things that happened, a lot of big stories last weekend. None bigger probably than what happened in Charlotte. We have been talking, guys, for the last two weeks about potential for having an undefeated Washington team playing this weekend at an undefeated Burgettstown team, and it looked like that would happen. And it would, it would have been the first time in more than 20 years that two teams from Washington County met this late in the season, and they were both undefeated. But that was spoiled. Charleroi ruined the plans for that battle of unbeaten. Charleroi beat Burgettstown 37-14 last week in Charleroi, and that was an impressive win, a very good performance by Charleroi. And, and you warned about it being a trap game for Burgettstown, and I didn't believe you. I didn't want to. I saw Burgettstown the week before, and they looked solid on offense, solid on defense, in their win over Beth Center, which was a battle of unbeaten's. Um, but anytime you have a good quarterback, that can really uh, make things even. And Charleroi has that with Gino Pellegrini, and we saw he he just torched that Burgettstown defense all night long. Yeah, his numbers were 15 of 23 for 369 yards and five touchdowns against an undefeated team. Undefeated no more. Dakota Romantino, very good wide receiver for the uh, Cougars. Seven catches, 248 yards and three touchdowns. Travis Lytle also caught a pair of touchdown passes in that game. But guys, Charleroi wins the game and wins going away. And we said that was a trap game for Burgettstown. I don't think it, you know, a team falls into a trap when you get beat that badly. You, you were just beat by a better team that night. And the thing that I'm really impressed about is Char, uh, Charleroi's defense. They shut out Burgettstown for the last 33 minutes of that game. And Burgettstown averages 39 points a game. And what do you think's running through Mike Bosnick's head right now? Throw the ball? <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but I'll bet he's a little bit worried because now he, he doesn't want his kids looking you know, at Burgettstown uh, as maybe lesser than what uh, That's, they might have thought with, if you're, with, if with you're one Washington loss. If you're Washington and you're Mike Bosnick, the head coach, you have to be thinking about that. It might be their trap game. And, and you know, this rivalry has a history to it. Uh, and whenever Brian Davis was here, if you all remember that, then uh, they went up to Burgettstown and as a, Wasn't it a little wet on the field? As Bob Grove uh, wrote in his story, they learned to love the rain. <laughs> and there was uh, talk about the fire engines coming out <laughs> and soaking down the field before the game starts, but I'm, I was told that didn't happen. And uh, so, I mean, th well, this they, is a they, good. Burgettstown and Washington, there's a history there of Burgettstown ruining perfect seasons for Wash High. It's yes. happened more than one time yes. late in the season. So, can history repeat itself again? Don't know. I uh, wanted to mention a couple other things about the defense for Charleroi. 
Bergenstown ran a ton of plays in that game. Listen to some of these tackle totals. Jake Stefanik for Charleroi, 16 tackles and one sack. Don Pellegrini had 11 tackles in a game, two sacks and a fumble recovery. Cam Carter, who's a very good receiver for Charleroi, he was busy on defense, 16 tackles. Johnny Vargo, 13 tackles. So Bergenstown ran a lot of plays, didn't score in, in, in the last 33 minutes. And we want to classify this as an upset get, uh, upset victory for Charleroi, but let's not make it out that Charleroi's not a not a good team. I mean, well, Charleroi's a very good team. Th that was an upset victory for a team that had only one loss. Yes, and it was that an upset being to Washington. It was an upset because Bergenstown had beaten Best Center the week before, an undefeated Best Center team, and came in undefeated while Charleroi had one loss. And Joe, you mentioned uh, Mike Bosnick and what he's probably telling. Uh, the Prexies this week. What's Mark Druga telling the Blue Devils? I mean, you wonder what a loss like that this late in the year does to you. It spoils the undefeated yeah. record. So that that might be a good thing, uh, but it also might be a bad. There there might be some questioning going on in their head that, you know, if we lose to if we lose to Charleroi, can you imagine what Wash Wash High is going to do to us? Well, it might make them angry. And, <laughs> it might. You know, yeah. And if they get angry, then an angry Burgestown team might this be is hard a to dangerous beat. Dangerous team. Yeah. Now the other interesting game. In that conference, the Century Conference this weekend, Best Center, which is seven and one, goes to Charleroi. Cougars are seven and one. Could Charleroi fall into the same trap as uh, Bergstown did last week, where you where you think a little bit too much about the week before and run into a pretty good team? Well, as I mentioned. If you have a good quarterback, you always have a chance to win, and Gino Pellegrini is that. I mean, you, you mentioned his stats earlier, 15 of 23. He went 12 of 12 in the first half. I mean, that's pretty impressive to do, uh, you know, at any level. We're not talking just high school, you know, college. Even NFL quarterbacks don't even do something like that. So for him to have that accuracy, and, and that's one of the things I was kind of worried about with Charleroi coming into the game. Burgettstown, they're a team that feasts on interceptions, fumbles, turnovers in general. Yeah. And, and Char Charleroi did a great job yeah. in preventing that yeah, from the, happening. The offensive line for Charleroi played really well. If you have a chance to go and watch the video online of that game, you can see that on almost all the touchdown passes for Charleroi, Burgettstown was blitzing and the Charleroi line picked up the blitz, and the defensive backs for Burgettstown had good coverage on most of those. It was just a really good pass and a really good catch. There's sometimes you just, the quarterback and wide receiver, they just have this thing, and, and you mentioned it with Gino Pellegrini and uh, Dakota Romanito. They just had it clicking that night for yep. whatever reason. Now, there, were, there was another team that had it clicking and had a big win last week. Bell Vernon defeated Thomas Jefferson. That was a battle of unbeatens in the 4A uh, Big Nine Conference. Bell Vernon, the only undefeated team in that conference. Now, Leopards win 21-17, and the key to that game was Thomas Jefferson had four turnovers. Bell Vernon, I don't don't think Bell Vernon had a turnover in that game. TJ outgained Bell Vernon 375 to 147, but was minus four in the turnover battle. And what did we talk about about, about this conference? Is they're they're noted for some major upsets. Now, you know, not not to be little Bell Vernon because you know they 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 were a, they're a pretty strong team and they went into that game at the top of that conference. But I think everybody thought Thomas Jefferson was going to beat them. They were coming off a 55 nothing win for last season over Bell Vernon after Bell Vernon upset them the previous year. So now this kind of throws the the the, the playoff seedings in, in, into disarray because someone's going to get TJ that that wasn't expecting him and saying we got who. 
<laughs> now, guys, we're film recording this. Uh, Peter Township High School, the Indians are practicing behind us. They have a big game this week. They're this close to the playoffs. They have a game at Cannon McMillan on Friday night. But there was some other coaching news from last week that we need to talk about. Uh, veteran head coach Russ Moore at Waynesburg Central. Saturday morning after a one-point double overtime loss at Bentworth, he was uh, told by two uh, school officials to uh, resign immediately. He did so Saturday afternoon. And this week, the Raiders, they host uh, a very good dairy team this weekend. Uh, Chad Koss will be running the team for yeah. Waynesburg. I just don't understand this. Um, you know, unless there's something that we don't know about, you know, you, you don't, you don't you don't fire your coach, especially someone is, who's been around the program as much as Russ Moore has with two weeks left to go in the season. I mean, they're one and six and obviously struggling. They've, they've gotten mostly uh, sophomores and freshmen in their starting lineups. And no, no coach is going to win that way. And, you know, the, the, what, what's two extra weeks if you want to make a coaching change? other than uh, it, it, it's a bad look for them because it seems like they were uh, punishing Russ for losing to a, a, a team lower in classification, you know, and, you know, the day after that loss, they, they, they asked him to resign, and, and, and it's just not a good look. He won a WPIL title for them in 1999. 1999, he had them, beat, beat Wash High beat, in the AA final right. at Three River Stadium. Apparently, he forgot a lot between 1999 yeah. and 2000. And not only that, how about this? In 2015, when they were looking to find a football coach, they couldn't find anybody who wanted to run their program. And Russ had retired as athletic director and, and football coach and came back to save them. Yeah, they asked him to come they back. They asked him to come back, and right. he said yes. Well, you know, treated kind of shabbily, and you know, and unless we're missing something here, it's it's not a good look for Waynesburg High School. Yeah, uh, Russ Moore, we said, led uh, the Raiders to a Whippeal Championship in Double A. Also made the playoffs in 2014 under Russ. Since then, they've gone two and 23. Now, let's talk a little bit about Friday night. Cannon McMillan is hosting Peters Township. Peters Township, I misspoke last week. I didn't do my tiebreaker points correctly. <laughs> Peters Township, not in the playoffs yet, but they're this close. It would, all, it would take uh, a loss, a sizable loss this week to uh, Cannon McMillan and a Norwin win of size, let's say at least eight points over Hempfield next week in the final game of the season for Peters Township to miss the playoffs. So it's kind of a long, long shot there for Peters, they're pretty much in the playoffs. They could just simplify everything for, yeah. for them and us and just win against yeah. Cannon Mac. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about Gardner points, tiebreaker points, or any of that. Now, Cannon McMillan needs to win. Uh, th there's no doubt about that. A loss eliminates the Big Macs, and um, they're going to probably give it their best effort against a rival school. So that should be a good game Friday night. And we're, we're going to hear a little bit from uh, T.J. Plack about the Indians' big game against Cannon McMillan. We're here with Peter Township head coach T.J. Plack. Peter Township has a big game Friday night at Cannon McMillan. Peter Township enters three and two in the Class 6A Southeastern Conference, five and three overall. T.J., before the season began, everything I heard about was Peter Township's going to have a good offense. They have an experienced quarterback. You're an offensive-minded coach, and here it's your defense that's played really, really well and been the strength of this team this year. What has happened that defense 
is, is, is Peter Township's trademark this year. I mean, uh, I give you some coach speak that we preach, you know, three phases of football, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, but truly, our, our defensive staff has, has done a great job. Uh, the kids that were up here earlier, uh, the Scott brothers, uh, Angelo Korcher, we have a couple other guys. Um, our defensive secondary, they're very young, um, all, all doing a fantastic job. Uh, they come up with good great game plans uh, each game. We move a lot on defense. I think we give some teams uh, some difficulties. We get a lot of penetration. And, you know, we got a couple corners that are able to cover guys, um, which allows us to do more with the other nine. So, you know, each and, each and every week. In this conference, you need that. Yeah, you, there's some good wide receivers. There's some very good quarterbacks. And every team has the ability to run also. So our defense has really played uh, very good week in and week off. So here's some numbers for Peter Township's defense. They're allowing only 19.1 points per game. They've held five teams to 15 points or less. But you're also kind of the cardiac kids. You're playing close games every week. I think there's been eight games in the Southeastern Conference that have been decided by eight points or less. You've played in three of them, and they, that three of those are your last three conference games. It's, yeah. You don't leave early when you play at Peter Township or you're at a Peter Township game. Right, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, every successful program have has. You know, they may win big, but they're able to win the close games. They're able to do the little things that matter. Um, and they're able to be consistent throughout the game. And that's one thing that we're trying to do here that we, we have done. And that kind of stuff builds. And you're able to win those games in the end. So um, we had some experience last year, played some close games as well. Uh, won a couple, lost a couple. Uh, so it's working out for us this year. Tell me a little bit about that quick start. Because you guys were off right out of the gates with a few wins and and you were sitting high up in the conference, and, and that, that 19 points per game total that you guys averaged on defense was in the lower teens. So tell me a little bit about that quick start and, and how you guys were able to, to, to start off so, so good like that. Yeah, I mean, we, we truly, uh, defensively, they haven't done anything different. I think we ran into Pine Richland. Yeah. Uh, that kind of, kind that of bumped that number up. Yeah. defensive stats. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that kind of happens to a lot of teams. But, uh, um, no, we, we just, uh, we, we're a very positive program. We had a great summer, a great off season. We came into this year with a lot of excitement. Uh, we knew we were a pretty good ball team last year and over the summer, and you know, within within our own program, and we just wanted to play within ourselves and come out and, and perform well. And uh, we have some good leaders on the team. Um, you know, we, we had a young offensive line. They're they're getting better and better each and every week. And and like I said, our defense is really playing well. Now, now on offense, so you, you mentioned the offensive line. You had to rebuild the whole thing, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, five all five, five, all five starters. Start. Who yes. are those five guys that are up there? Uh, our center is Shane O'Connell. He's he's a junior. They're all they're all juniors. Uh, we have one senior this year. Shane O'Connell is our center. He's a junior. He also uh, plays defensive tackle for us. Our left tackle is the only senior on the line, Nick Morandi. Um, he played a little bit last year. He had one game that he actually started, um, but he fought injuries all year and, and, and was always our sixth lineman. Our left guard is Ian Chahari. He's, he's a uh, sophomore as well. A junior, and he plays on defensive line as well. Our right guard is Rob Corrado, who's a junior, and our right tackle is Logan Clark, who's a junior, who plays defensive end for us. Now, at this 6A level, is it tougher for somebody to come in first year as a starter and, and handle the position? Is it tougher for a lineman or a skilled position player? It's definitely tougher for a lineman. I think as skilled players, as coaches, you can put them in favorable uh, matchups. Uh, maybe to uh, sh showcase their, their talents and, and their skill ability. 
an offensive lineman has to work together as a group. And sometimes you know, if you're a right guard, they can put whoever they want over you. You, know, you can't motion a guy or line him up in certain situations. Yeah. It is what it is. You've got to beat the guy <laughs> in front of you. So it's a little bit more difficult. Um, tell me a little bit about what these losses, these past two losses. I mean, you're coming into this game against Cannon Mack with, with two consecutive losses. What has that taught your team? I mean, what, what has, whether it be in the film room, whether it be just simple, you know, quarter by quarter um, progression, tell me a little bit about what, what you kind of been, have been using that maybe as a teaching moment for, for whatever position group or, or maybe your team as a whole. Yeah, uh, you know, coming this year, like I said earlier, we preach consistency. We never wanted to be too high, we never wanted to be too low. Um, after the Pine Richland game, non-conference, whatever it was, it was a competition. Our kids went into it wholeheartedly wanting to win that game. Um, it was a blow, it was a loss. It probably hurt us more than we thought it would have. Um, but we responded, we failed, and then we responded. And we played a very tough Mount Lebanon team uh, down to the end. Weren't very good on offense, but we were there. Our special teams made some plays. Our defense made some plays. We lost by three points. Uh, that was a, a, a loss that stuck with us over the weekend. Uh, but this is a new week. We can't dwell on it. We can just come back from it, learn from, learn from our mistakes. Uh, we have a tough opponent this week, Cannon Mac. Uh, they beat us last year. Um, they're a rivalry. They're right down the road, and uh, you know, our kids know them. They know our kids. Um, They've probably been playing against one another since they were seven years ex old. Exactly, and that's one good thing about playing these teams around here. You know, Bethel Park, Mount Lebanon, Upper Saint Clair's, and that—that these kids have been playing each other, and, and it creates good rivalries, you know, and things like that. But um, you know, we'll find out Friday Friday night how this second loss has affected us. We had a good day of practice yesterday. I'm, I'm hoping to have a great day of practice today. I know we will, and we'll just move forward from there. You mentioned Cannon Mac. What what's some of the things they do on offense? That I mean, you've seen passing attacks these last two weeks. But tell me a little bit about what they, what challenges they uh, present you on offense. Yeah, I mean, their head coach Mike is, you know, a PT graduate. A PT graduate. That's what makes him so great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but he's also he, he he was a very good offense lineman and when he was at Cal U he was a fantastic offensive line coach. Uh, their teams are, they they run the outside zone very well. They they run the ball. They find creative ways to run the ball each and every week. Um, they're always playing with a tight end. They always want to go downhill. Uh, they have more of a passing game I think this year than they've had in years past off the play action. So they're going to be a run first play action team. They, they you know they look for the big play, um, but they're just uh, well coached up front. Uh, and their defense is very, uh, um, they do a good job on defense. They're always in the right spots. They they pursue well, and it should be a good challenge. It'll be two well-coached teams Friday night, and it probably be a close game, judging by the history of this rivalry. It's Peters Township at Cannon McMillan Friday night. TJ, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. One conference we want to talk a little bit more about is the Big Nine Conference. That's the conference where it seems like nobody gets eliminated unless you're Uniontown. Everybody's still holding on to some kind of hope there. Even Laurel Highlands, which has uh, only two conference wins but has to play TJ, an angry TJ team. Yeah, the, uh, Mustangs are still in the playoff race. Trinity did a lot for its playoff hopes last week, avoided the upset, destroyed Albert Gallatin. This weekend, you have Bell Vernon and TJ already in the playoffs. West Mifflin is sitting pretty good at 4-2 and two in the conference after um, handling uh, Ringgold at Joe Montana Stadium last weekend. Trinity and Greensburg-Salem are 3-3. Three and three. There are only four teams in that conference that make the playoffs, so the winner of that Trinity-Greensburg-Salem uh, game 
we've got to step up on everybody else. Even though the uh, Greensburg-Salem has another conference game, it's Uniontown. Yeah. And so, so Trinity, this is a must-win for them. Yeah. Or, or they're if, not going to make the playoffs. If Greensburg-Salem wins this game, you, you have to think they're going to end up with five wins, which is more than enough to get you in the playoffs. More than enough. So th this is a must-win for Trinity. And, you know, and I think they can beat, can or, say, Cannonsburg, Greensburg-Salem. Uh, they've they've been playing teams tough all year. They've, they've, they've their losses have been fairly close. So, but they need to put it all together this week. And if they can beat Greensburg Salem, then I think they're going to be the fourth team. Well, Greensburg Salem's one in five in their last six games. They've scored more than one touchdown in only one of those games. Only 18.3 points per game. They're kind of in there with Ringgold with, you know, their offense has been pretty stagnant most of the year. Uh, when, and then when you look at Trinity, Trinity's averaging about 34 points yeah, a game. 18, 18 points a game, or 18 points, that's like a quarter and a half for Trinity. And they're nearly giving up eight points less per game than both of those teams. So, I mean, we talk about this week in and week out. Trinity's games become more and more. If you think last week was crucial against Albert Gallatin, this week's even more crucial. And then they're, and, they're, and then if they win, they have Ringgold in the season finale, and that's even more important because Ringgold's still in it at three and four in the conference. But what's one thing we've said about you know Trinity that that other these other teams haven't been able to do? They've been able to beat the teams they should have been they should have beaten, yeah. and and they've been doing that. They beat Uniontown, they beat Albert Gallatin, they, they beat, beat Laurel Hines. And and that's something that West Mifflin can't say. That's something. I mean, you look at their, uh, you look at their game, Trinity's game against West Mifflin. That was a two-point game, and you see Ringgold last week. Ringgold got blown out by them. So Trinity, I mean, they've already played TJ. We we already know what we're getting from Trinity, and and I, I really do think they look like a playoff team. A couple other games from last week we need to mention. California won impressively, 38 to six over a very very good Rochester team. Right now, you would have to say California would get one of the top two seeds in Class A. I go number one. Uh, I mean, that and was Jeanette. Jeanette's pretty I good. know Jeanette's pretty good, but I, I, I got to say. Well, the one thing that Jeanette and California have in common, they both won at Imani Christian. Right, they which did. Which is a very good team that beat, beat Clareton. Another thing we need to mention, West Green is back in the playoffs for the first time since 1993. Pioneers rolled last week 48-16 over Manessa to clinch a Class A playoff berth out of the Tri-County South. My wife will be happy about that. She's <laughs> a grad from West Green, so celebrating a Friday night. Well, looking ahead to this weekend, we talked about Peters Township, Canamac, big game in 6A. Trinity at Greensburg, Salem, big game in 4A in the uh, Big Nine Conference. Washington, Burgettstown, Century Conference, double A. A uh, game that is kind of flying under under the radar in the Century Conference will probably decide a playoff spot. Bentworth plays at Frazier. Bentworth comes in two and four in the conference. Frazier's one and four. Who's going to finish fifth in that conference? If Bentworth wins, they're in. Let's not forget that Frazier uh, was a 12 nothing. Uh... Uh, lost to Wash High. They played them really, really strong. At Frazier. At Frazier, and they're capable of, of, of being tough to beat at home. Another another interesting game, a tough one to pick. For second place in the Tri-County South Conference, Carmichael's 5-2 and two overall, 5-1 and one in the conference, plays at Fort Cherry. Rangers are 4-1 and one in the conference, 6-1 and one overall. You know what you have to do if you're Carmichael's. You have to stop Ryan Culberson, but that's uh, tougher than 
just saying it, that's uh, hard to do. Much easier said than done, and West Green has found out about that, Mapletown has found, uh, all these teams have found out about it, and, and you, when you go to pick this game, you, you want to see, okay, who have they played, you know, similar scores, different things like that. They, they both got blown out by California, and they've both blown out they everybody else. They both gave up 42 points to California. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is as, as even as they come. It's going to come down to, can they start Brian Culberson, like you mentioned, and can Fort Cherry continue its progression? They have a lot of young guys on their team can they continue that progression of, of you know learning on learning yeah. on the fly basically yeah. Carmichael's though that probably their most complete game of the season was last week when they beat Jefferson Morgan one handily in that game and Jefferson Morgan's a good team too I mean they stepped up we mentioned no wins last year yeah. and they came up and and they're already they're in the playoff chase in the Tri-County South yeah. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the OR High School Football Preview, sponsored by Cohen Tire of Washington.